alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Welcome to the 44th Annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal, Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not too bad. You know, uh, so this previous weekend, they had the uh, Minnesota Winter, or St. Paul Winter Carnival, maybe, uh, and I was outside probably for about 45 minutes, just looking at the sculptures or whatever. And I forget how uncomfortable it is to be outside when you don't have the proper attire on. Dude, my feet were froze for like an hour and a half afterwards, and my uh, face was fucking frozen. Don't you miss that? Oh, yeah. No, I miss it plenty. Uh, (laughs) It was actually pretty warm the other night when I went out to the bars. Oh, yeah. Uh, It only dipped down to about 70, so it's decent. Yeah, I can say I'm a little jealous of that. Uh, So, Phil, why don't you go ahead and scare the audience with the uh, latest news here? So, uh, I went to work this morning, and uh, right away when I got there, uh, I clicked on the internet, and all of those little news stories pop up on my homepage on the internet. And basically, the... Like right next to the uh, Kobe Bryant announcement about his <laughs> passing, RIP, there was this large uh, announcement, and I think it was just kind of local, but Arizona apparently has the fifth confirmed case of the coronavirus. So oh, shit. Really? In Flor- in uh, Arizona? Yep, in Arizona. You so don't- apparently the dude flew to China in December and came back in early January and he had visited the same market where all of these other people are catching this coronavirus from. Apparently, they have a problem there with livestock being butchered on site and sold in the marketplace. So, yeah. little little scary for that. He's a. Uh, they didn't they didn't discuss it, but apparently he's an ASU student. So ah. they didn't really they didn't give the name. They didn't give anything like that. But well. I, I've seen this meme going around. Well, I guess it's not really a meme, but it's like something about every hundred years there's like some virus that like overtakes uh, the world or whatever. Did you see yeah. that? Yeah, I have. I've seen. Uh, well, it was the after World War One, it was the Spanish flu. And that actually took out quite a few people. I thought it might have been like TB or something. TB. Uh, tuberculosis? Tuber- yeah, tuberculosis. Oh, yeah. Well. Yeah, that was huge in the 1800s. Was it? I thought it still trailed on in the 19 or early 1900s. Yeah, it did, but that was one of the that was called consumption. That's where people would like cough up blood. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a lung disease or whatever. Yeah. But I know the one that the the uh, 1921 that they're talking about was Spanish flu. Ah. So could this virus have been potentially created by Barry Sotero? It could have been, or his uh, his Asian counterpart, the chairman of uh, the Communist Party in China. <laughs> anyway, Phil, it's about that time. Why don't you hit up the hot sheets for us? Well, uh, I picked up the uh, the new rag today, so I'm going to jump right into it. It is another 
uh, restaurant uh, burglar, basically. Okay. Attack right. on a Taco Bell. So <laughs> the story is titled Taco Thief Ate and Napped After Breaking In. Okay. All right. So what's this one all about? So a hungry burglar broke into a Taco Bell in Georgia, <laughs> whipped up a meal, and then took a cat nap. Huh. Okay. Was he on drugs? Uh, I don't know. They actually haven't caught him yet. So oh. they're actually they're actually hoping that the pictures that they've put out in the National Enquirer <laughs> might help catch this man. Uh, I'll describe him to you. He is wearing uh, tennis shoes, looks like a sweatshirt and pants. He's also has headphones on and apparently he kept the headphones on the entire time. Well, that's I mean, a lot of the Taco Bells around here, at least like they operate for fucking countless hours like how would you even find time to break in i swear the taco bell here's like open till two or three in the morning and it opens back up i think at like seven well it does go into that a little bit so surveillance video shows a man shimmying through the restaurant's drive through window around 12 15 a.m on christmas day in lawrenceville ah, Georgia. okay christmas yeah they give him that day yeah. off surprisingly yeah, he caught him on Christmas. They give the peasants their little <laughs> fucking Christmas morning. So the fast food scrounger who was wearing headphones when he broke in, took a look around the kitchen, then started up the deep fryer and cooked some food and chowed down. Mm. And with his belly full, he curled up on the floor for a three hour snooze. You know what? I've definitely done that after a uh, healthy amount of Taco Bell. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah. Now the... Uh, Newspaper didn't really say anything about him shitting himself, but in the picture, he is cuddled up. Looks like he's holding his gut, so I wouldn't doubt it. Probably got fucking food poisoning or something. That's true. He could be the fourth case of coronavirus. <laughs> so an employee who opened the restaurant later that morning noticed food on the counter and it called the police. The suspect also swiped a computer and a tablet from the restaurant before making a clean getaway, cops said. Hmm. Okay. So, I wonder what the punishment is for breaking into a Taco Bell. They might make you work there. <laughs> That'd be pretty bad. Are you trying or to eat there? You know what? We might have some Taco Bell employees who are uh, fans of the show, so I don't know if we should be alienating them, Phil. I think the Taco Bell fa the Taco Bell workers probably aren't very big fans of their jobs. Probably the managers would be pissed off if they heard us. <laughs> I wonder what he made. I suppose it didn't say what he made in there. I don't know, but Taco Bell, it pretty much all the same ingredients make the same shit, so. Yeah, I think, I th what did I hear that on? That's like the grand illusion that Taco Bell has a lot of items, but most of them are the exact same thing. They have a huge menu, but it's basically like, you take a tortilla, some meat, some cheese, and some lettuce and sour cream, and that's <laughs> it. That's that's 90% of their menu right there. That's true. God, that sounds good right now, actually. I could really go for some Taco Bell. Yeah, I, uh. Taco Bell's one thing that I gave up after it gave me food poisoning one time. I don't know if it was Ooh. food poisoning or just the Taco Bell situation, but the normal what everyone else gets. But I quit eating it. The f the funny part is, like, I've heard a lot of people who've gotten food poisoning from Taco Bell, so I'm pretty sure you're not alone. I don't know where what what did you eat there that gave you food poisoning. Uh, well, I my normal thing that I used to get was like the burrito, the crunch wrap supreme mm, yep and i would get a few of those soft shell tacos but considering it's all the same meat and cheese and everything 
probably all of it gave me the same thing. <laughs> so I'm guessing. Uh, uh, you're probably right. Well, anyway, um, we're going to talk about some people who probably weren't lucky enough to enjoy Taco Bell in uh, today's conspiracy. You like that? Uh, uh, what do they call that? Transition. You like that transition, Phil? Yeah. The great segue. <laughs> the segue. There you go. Well, this is something that I think you and I talked about off the air, and I was finally like, why don't I look into this a little bit myself? And actually, I'm not going to say I believe it, but it it really got my brain churning and in, in thinking a little bit. And uh, today we're going to be covering the Titanic conspiracies. Oh, shit. Yeah. Hopefully it's not too soon. <laughs> I was it uh, almost a hundred, well, over a hundred years now. It's so, like a hundred and eight. Yeah, uh, nineteen twelve. So yeah, I think I think we're okay. Um, obviously, I'm gonna go over some basic information. I think most people have seen the James Cameron movie, so probably know plenty about the Titanic. Um, but we'll just start off with kind of the uh, the creation of it, I guess you'd say. So. Uh, the name Titanic derives from the Titan of Greek mythology. Um, it was built in Belfast, Ireland, in the United Kingdom of Great Brit- Britain and Ireland. Uh, the <laughs> Not a sober welder among them. Oh, no. And you better believe uh, the workers will definitely be coming into the, uh, <laughs> into the conspiracy itself. So... Uh, Definitely. <laughs> Every time I hear Belfast, all I can think about is Sons of Anarchy. Oh, yeah. All I can think about is Irish car bombs. <laughs> is that where they <laughs> were created, the drink? Are you talking about a real car bomb or the drink? Both. They are pretty yeah. good, though. They are pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I know they are good. They don't actually like it when you order a Irish car bomb out in that part of the world. So. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, their faces get a little, uh, get a little, little mean. <laughs> Wait, are you saying when you were in Ireland, you ordered one? No, when I was in Wales, I ordered one, and uh, they kind of gave me a dirty look. Okay, you know what's funny? Actually, like sometimes when I'm eating at a restaurant, like there's, I really like to have a nice Guinness with uh, my meal. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh yeah. So the RMS Titanic was the second of three Olympic class ocean liners. The first was RMS Olympic, and the third was HMHS uh, Britannic. Now, I'm only mentioning them because, again, they come up in the conspiracies as well. Now, the Belfast Shipping Company was called Harland and & Wolf, and they were constructing the ship for White Star Line. Um, were you Are you familiar, familiar with White Star Line at all? I'm familiar with the saying... Hey, that's White Star Line property <laughs> during the Titanic. Yeah. That's about it, though. Uh, they're stealing shit. <laughs> the three ships had their genesis in a discussion in mid-1907 between White Star Line's chairman, Jade Bruce Ismay, and American financier, J.P. Morgan, who controlled the White Star Line's parent corporation, the International Mercantile Marine Company. Um, I'm, I'm going to assume you know who J.P. Morgan is because he's very important in the conspiracies. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I was going to say, that is a great name for a corporation. <laughs> Just really, they really put some thought into that one. 
the which one? The International Mercantile Marine Company. Yeah, the International Mercantile Marine Company. <laughs> definitely, it's still around, isn't it? I don't know. They definitely should have hired someone like like a brander, someone like Carl Rove to come <laughs> in there, give it a little pep. It's funny because I always joked about like rich and famous people, important people always have three like names and you have to say them all. And these two guys both have three names. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that middle name's the most important. Oh, obviously. Uh, the construction of the Olympic and the Titanic took place uh, virtually in parallel with Olympics kneel down laid first on December 16th, 1908, and the Titanic's on March 31st, 1909. Both ships took about 26 months to build and followed much of the same construction processes. So these ships are almost identical. That's kind of what we're getting at here. Um, that's why they're going to be coming into a conspiracy later on. So the Titanic was launched at 12.15 p.m. on May 31st, 1911, in the presence of Lord, <laughs> I think it's Peary, uh, J.P. Morgan, J. Bruce Ismay, and 100,000 onlookers. I thought this was kind of neat, actually. 22 tons of soap and tallow were spread on the slipway to lubricate the ship's passage into the River Lagan. Uh, in keeping with White Star Line's traditional policy, the ship was not formally named or christened with champagne yet. Because it sounds like they get like the hull kind of completed, slide it in there, and finish the rest of it once it's on the water. Okay, that makes so, sense. So, uh, that's a lot of fucking soap, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You would think that they would just use like an industrial style lubricant, but... <laughs> Maybe back then they didn't have, like, anything good. I I don't know. It's it's funny because, like, they're using all this soap and shit, and literally around the corner, uh, World War One's about to start, and they probably could have used that. Oh, yeah, definitely <laughs> in the trenches. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just like, Jesus, I can't even imagine that much fucking soap. Or even watching that massive goddamn ship just kind of, like, glide into the water. Like, trying to just control that thing? Tons of steel as they just let it loose and slide down into the uh, water. Yeah. God, I, I don't know. I'm just, I kept thinking about, like, just how, how are they keeping it stable at that point? You know what I mean? I just, for that yeah, time they, period, that's a good, that has to be good engineering. Yeah, now they have things that, like, basically while it's dry dock, they have, like, kind of like a sawhorse type thing that holds it up. And then, like, the ramp down is all, like, pneumatic-driven. So it just kind of, like, takes it down into the water. And then they, like, like bring back the sawhorse down. So then they just float the boat out of there. Ah. Have you ever yeah. watched that in person? Or you just saw videos of it or whatever? No, I just saw videos of it. It was with uh, Navy ships. I wonder if there's a video of the Titanic going in. Or, like, in any of the other ones. I don't know... There could be a video because I think video cameras, like those old style, like <laughs> the one black with and white, really shitty video cameras, yeah. where they basically it's basically just them taking a thousand pictures <laughs> and then putting them together like a fucking cartoon. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's crazy that that's what they used to do. Well, I think essentially that's what a camera's doing nowadays. It just it's so fast that it's doing it that it can just like you know, make a movie or whatever. 
Yeah, a lot more frames per second, obviously, than 19-whatever, <laughs> early 1900s. Would that be crazy if 1912 had more frames per second than modern cameras? Yeah, I would be pretty fucking surprised <laughs> about that impossible thing you just said. <laughs> All right, so uh, Titanic Sea Trials began at 6 a.m. on Tuesday, April 2nd, 1912, just two days after her fitting was finished and eight days before she was due to leave Southampton on her maiden voyage. So obviously they got it ready and just kind of... Uh, Took her for a little cruise around the bay, I guess you'd say. Yeah. And, uh, Titanic had around 885 crew members on board on board her maiden voyage. Uh, 179 first class, 247 second class, and 494 third class. Uh, Titanic left Southampton on April 10, 1912 and stopped at destinations in France. And Titanic arrived at Cork Harbor on the south coast of Ireland. So she had to make a few pit stops to pick up more people, essentially, before she, yeah. before heading to New York. So that was uh, that was a lot of third class passengers. I do hope they save some soap for <laughs> down there in the bowels of the ship. No, cause... no, no, no. Is that where uh, Jack would have been staying, third class? Yeah, I think he was in third class <laughs> where they had their uh, their little peasant party. Yeah. Uh, down in the, you know, where the rich girl showed up and did the ballerina thing with her feet. <laughs> Are you on the belief that, uh, like, during the movie, there's more than enough room for Jack to get on the little uh, thing with Rose, and she was just being selfish and let him drown? Well, I mean, <laughs> they could have at least had her, like, scoot back a little bit to balance it out. Instead, she scoots forward and tries to grab him, and then... You know, obviously the thing's going to get tippy when all the weight's on one side. You got to work smart, not hard. Uh, what was I reading through the uh, the researching this that basically the estimated temperature that you would feel in the water at that point was like negative 28 degrees? Who fuck. Yeah, Huge. definitely a bad fucking time. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, I, I don't even like when it's 28 degrees outside. Fuck, I don't want to experience that. Yeah, I don't even like it in the shower when, like, your hot water, like, turns off for that half second and it's just kind of lukewarm. Ugh. I don't even like that shit. No. It's not Can you imagine negative 28? Oh, my God. I feel like you're you're just freezing, like your limbs would break off. Yeah, well, even after she got out of the water, she would be soaking wet in freezing temperatures. Yeah. Like, I don't know how long she would have actually lasted. No, hypothermia would have kicked in real fucking fast at that point. Yeah, she would have at least, like when they when they dragged her off of that fucking door, she would have at least, you know, probably died in the boat right back. Ugh. Well, I mean, even in the rescue uh, boats or whatever, I can only imagine the wind and everything had to be cold as fuck. Oh, yeah, definitely. Ugh. Poor bastards. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah. after leaving Ireland, Titanic's passengers numbered approximately 1,317 with... Uh, 324 in first class, 284 in second class, and 709 in third class. Uh, of these, 869 were male and 447 were female. Uh, there were 107 children aboard, the largest number of whom were in first class. So, now we get to the part that everybody knows. 
now, the Titanic was supposed to reach the pier in New York on April 17, 1912, uh, at approximately 11.40 p.m., uh, the ship's time, on April 14th, lookout Frederick Fleet spotted a iceberg immediately ahead of the t- Titanic and alerted the bridge. First Officer William Murdoch ordered the ship to be steered op- around the obstacle and the engines to be stopped, but it was too late. The starboard side of the Titanic struck the iceberg. Between 2.10 a.m. and 2.15 a.m., a little over two and a half hours after the Titanic struck the iceberg, her rate of sinking suddenly increased as the boat deck dipped underwater and the sea poured through the open hatches and grates. As her unsupported stern rose out of the water, exposing the propellers, the ship broke into two main pieces between the second and third funnels due to the immense forces on the uh, keel. Um, With the boat underwater and air trapped in the stern, the stern remained afloat and buoyant for a few minutes longer, rising to the nearly uh, vertical angle with with hundreds of people still clinging to it before floundering at 2.20 a.m. So this is the famous scene in Titanic, obviously, right? Ship goes in the air, cracks in half like a fucking egg, and then it's all over from there. Um, I didn't really... You know, when you think about the movie, when it's going in the air and you see all the people hanging from the railing, you kind of think that's for dramatic effect. But apparently from the witnesses, that like is what happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be an insane sight for the people who made it onto lifeboats to look back and see that ship basically like bobbing up and down in the air. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, So obviously... I must have messed up a here. They must have stopped at one one more spot because there's more people who died on the Titanic than they had when they were leaving Ireland. But uh, I think they must. I know they made quite a few stops before actually heading out to New York. So bear with my ignorance here. Um, there would be 710 people saved and 15, 14 people dead. The uh, basically the Titanic was believed to be unsinkable, but obviously. That isn't the case at all, right? Um, well, now, in yeah. in your pass in your uh, in your numbers for the passengers, did you include the crew in there? Uh you're right. I, I didn't. That's probably where they all were then. That yeah. that's my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Um, it's basically from what I gather in the research, they just kind of kept picking up people and then just headed to New York. Um, I I feel like. I remember when I was researching this and I was thinking in my head, I was like, uh, well, for some reason, I thought initially that the Titanic had left New York headed for England, but it was actually like the reverse. I don't know why I thought that. And I've seen the movie and everything. I guess I haven't paid attention in so long. Yeah. Well, that is like movies. You always remember like the main part of it, but like little parts you kind of like have backwards in your head sometimes. Yeah. That could be true. But anyway, but anyway, obviously we know it was one of the worst tragedies, you know, in human history. Um, And basically a lot of, we're going to get into the conspiracy part of it here. And a lot of this is kind of like stupid, but some of it makes you wonder for a second, like, you know what? I mean, it's not the most implausible thing. Um, we're going to start off with probably something that should resonate with Phil and I, I don't know if it will. 
the Catholic's Curse. <laughs> have you heard any Ooh. of this, Phil? The Catholic's Curse? Yeah. Does it have anything to do with having way too much, many children and not <laughs> enough money to feed them all? Is that is that at all? No, it doesn't. Uh, apparently, this curse makes it out to basically be that the uh, the Pope is somehow like Magneto or something. I don't know, but uh, it goes basically like this. Uh, the belief. Was, go, go ahead. I was pretty sure the Catholic's church. I was pretty sure the Catholic's curse was not using contraception and hating pulling out. <laughs> like I thought. I swore to God that I thought that was. <laughs> Continue. Your wife doesn't get pregnant when you don't pull out. That's the ultimate Catholic curse. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So basically the belief goes uh, that when the Titanic was finally revealed, people took notice of its number, which was 3909 space 04. Now, why this number is suspicious is because if you turn it upside down, it looks like it says no Pope. Get it? Oh, yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> no Pope, Phil. No Pope. Yeah. <clears throat> now, the the rumor goes that they saw the number. The Catholic workers uh, at Harlan and Wolf saw this as no Pope, and they were certain that it was a blasphem- blasphemous ship and harm was going to come to it because it was mocking the Pope. Makes sense, right? Of course it does. <laughs> There is only one big problem with this, that in 1886, Harlan and Wolf uh, launched a large-scale attack against their Catholic co-workers, um, and they were only, they were strictly a Protestant company. They only would hire Protestant workers, okay? Now, we saved them a lot of money on daycare. <laughs> I'm sure Protestants have plenty of kids, Phil. Oh, yeah. Back in that day, everyone was fucking. It's fine. <laughs> um, now, they're, they have a quote from the uh, this book. Now, this book is called The Invention of the White Race. Uh, I'm going to assume that's a racist book. What, I, I don't know. Why would you name it that? Well, back then, uh, eugenics and phrenology was like really big. And a book like that wouldn't exactly be out of place in, oh. you know... Ireland. There was a well. There was quite a few like people, like reputable scientists, who were actually studying that kind of shit. So it's where a lot. It's where a lot of like the ideas during the uh, the genocides during that time came from. So mm. well, apparently, um, according to that book, they wrote all about how this company basically got rid of all the Catholic workers and only hired Protestant, which is weird because I thought Ireland was a lot of Catholics, right? Ireland is a lot of Catholics, but you have to also remember that Northern Ireland, which is where Belfast is, is part of the United Kingdom. Mm. And there's a lot of Protestants in that area, which is why they kept voting to stay with the United Kingdom instead of moving with Ireland away Uh. from the UK. Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Well, uh, do you give any credence to the Catholic curse, Phil? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, I I can imagine that there there was a lot of like hatred between Protestant Protestants and Catholics, uh, even still, like in that time. So I can believe that that they would have fired all of the Irish laborers. But hmm. yeah, yeah, I suppose. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. 
The Mummy's Curse. Have you heard of this at all? No, I haven't. <laughs> Did you guys do a episode like this on Bumblebutt where you talked about the... Or was that our? Or was that, that was our us, dude. We we that was we, us. No, we, that was our podcast. Okay, yeah. Egyptian curse. Yeah, we yeah. talked. We talked about. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, King Tut. King Tut. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the legend goes that the so-called this is what they call it too unlucky mummy, which was donated to the British Museum in uh, July of eighteen eighty nine by. Mrs. Warwick Hunt of Holland Park, London, on behalf of Mr. Arthur F. Wheeler, was purchased by an American archaeologist and was set to be transported to the United States aboard, you guessed it, the Titanic. Now, one of the reasons for this belief is because the Daily Express journalist Bertram Fletcher Robinson, that is his name, uh, was conducting research into the history of this particular artifact in 1904 when he became convinced that it had a malevolent power. And three days later, Robinson died at the age of 36. Um, so that's how this unlucky mummy, I guess, got its magic curse powers. And it's believed that it was on the Titanic headed for the United States. Um, I actually looked this up. This is a real thing you know um they don't know who it is they don't know what it is it's basically just uh an egyptian artifact it's kind of creepy looking or whatever um the only problem was is that the uh the unlucky mummy has never left the british museum so it's kind of puts a dagger in that one it was never actually on the boat yeah it's is since it got donated it's never left that museum ever but for some reason people think it's aboard the titanic now i have one quick question could the mummy's curse actually explain brendan Fraser's uh floundering career after <laughs> the success of the mummy movies <laughs> um could i i don't know if i would blame it but it definitely could i don't care what yeah. people say those first two movies are fucking awesome oh yeah the second one Probably one of the better, like, normally sequels suck pretty bad. I actually just watched Zombieland like 20 minutes before getting on, and a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was okay, but that second mummy was pretty fucking good. Uh, I'm sorry, you cut off for a second. Did you say Zombieland Double Tap? Yeah, I watched Zombieland <clears throat> Double Tap like 20 minutes before I got on, and it was actually pretty good. Do you, do you think, that, like, the humor was forced? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. It definitely felt like that production took a downturn. They were... They were going for paying less and getting more money back. But yeah, it didn't work out. I did think it was kind of funny, but I did. That was the one thing where I was like, kind of, I don't know. It felt a little overdone, but I, I was laughing. I can't lie. I was laughing at it. Yeah, no, it was it had its moments. I definitely think that the the uh, the clone character should have been Michael Sarah instead <laughs> of the dude from Silicon Valley. Yeah, definitely. yeah, I can agree with that. They probably couldn't get Michael Sarah to sign up for that thing. Oh, yeah. They would have had to pay him too much money. <laughs> All right. Now, my next three are, I think, the ones that kind of made me question a little bit. Maybe you'll add some percentages to it. Um, the first one is a German U-boat, U-boat destroyed it. Okay. We all know what a German U-boat is, right? Um, yep. No, obviously, in 1912, it was considered to be peaceful time in the world um because the onset of world war one 
didn't start until 1914. While there's no direct evidence that this happened, people start to question um, it attacking the Titanic because of the Lusitania. Uh, in 1915, a German U-boat torpedoed the British ocean liner off the coast of Ireland, killing 1,198 people. This is uh, very, very famous, right? Yes. Now, here's the interesting thing. A number of Titanic survivors reported uh, having noticed what they said was an unidentified vessel approximately five to six miles away uh, from the sinking ship, which reportedly lingered until 2 a.m. According to Dr. Franklin, I think it's Rule, uh, he wrote a piece in the Huffington Post. Okay, I know we got to pump the brakes on the Huffington Post a little bit, but let's just... For the sake of the conspiracy, let's read it here. Rule speculated that the craft was possibly a submarine that had surfaced to assess the damage it had caused, after which time it sulk, uh, skulked off. Um, also, cite, also cited survivor testimony about the number of explosions that seemed to go off deep within the ship. Um, the sub may have targeted the luxury liner or possibly accidentally collided with it. So, like... Maybe they were testing the U-boat and didn't mean to hit it, and it ran into it and, you know, caused the giant tear in its side, or they actually shot it with a torpedo. Um, What do you think about any of this at all? I mean, there would have been U-boats around, like maybe prototypes like you were talking about. Um, Tensions were pretty high between a lot of the superpowers of the day, obviously, it took uh, Franz Ferdinand getting shot in Sarajevo to set everything off. Yeah. But there was there was definitely a feeling in the air like there, a war in Europe was coming. They just didn't quite realize, you know, the scope. But, I mean, it is possible. It's just quite unlikely. I, um, I just think if, if the survivors are being honest or whatever, or if they actually are quotes from survivors and they saw something out in the distance – uh, that's kind of interesting, right? Yeah, that is true. Um, I've I've never actually heard of like accounts of uh, like a strange like submerged. You said a submerged vessel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard. Well, like any, like uh, it, like imagine it just barely poking onto the water. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how U boats. Hmm. Those World War One U boats. They had uh, like large batteries, but they were actually ran by diesel engines. So they spent most of their time above water. Ah, interesting. Well, what I what I think is really interesting is like the the next conspiracy also kind of talks about people seeing a ship off in the distance while it's sinking. So mm. I don't know that. I think that's the part that kind of got my head thinking just a little bit. You know what I mean? Okay. So, yeah, I get you. I mean, maybe the survivors were just in such chaos and panic. They thought they were seeing something or maybe it was optical illusion or something. I don't fucking know. But uh, I'm sure in that situation, you'd be just hoping to God that you. you Yeah, there was something out there. there. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting take. It's not out of the realm of possibility, although it's probably unlikely. Yeah, I know that the. The ship that rescued them, I think, was the California, is the one that rescued the survivors. Oh, really? I don't know. I don't know exactly how far away the boat was, and if you could see them, um, it supposedly was like 
kind of foggy that night. So hmm. I don't know if like you could actually see them while the boat was sinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Well, anyway, let's move on to the uh, the next one. I, I actually think this one's um, really interesting as well. It's it's just titled "The Titanic Never Actually Sank." Now, the root of this belief is because of an insurance scam created by J.P. Morgan and the International Mercantile Marine Company. Um, some speculate that what sank was actually the Olympus and not the Titanic. Now, if you remember from the beginning, they were created at the exact same time and almost looked like the exact same ship, correct? Yes. Now, in the book, Titanic, the ship that never sank, question mark, written by researcher Robin Gardner, uh, the trouble started when the Olympic crashed into a warship in 1911, and, and the Olympic was blamed for the accident in the ensuing insurance inquiry. As a result, the White Star Line an international mercantile marine subsidiary was unable to receive an insurance payout. Gardner theorized that the line fixed up the Olympic as best as it could and masqueraded it as the Titanic by allowing the wounded ship to continue under the assumed name. The company couldn't collect the insurance payout when it sank. Okay, you following me so far? Yep, I'm definitely. I have heard this before. Oh, so. you have. There is there is a little bit of evidence also to go along. So yeah. really, well, let me finish this and then you spitball it here. Um, okay. So they were figuring it was going to sink. Correct. They would do this by sending out a rescue ship that would follow nearby and wait until the damaged Olympus began to sink. But things went wrong when the Olympus accidentally struck the darkened rescue boat, which was actually the cause to the damage on the ship instead of the iceberg. Right. Oh, they got some, uh, some bumbles out there fucking piloting those boats. <laughs> well, it sounded, they probably... it sounded like they darkened it. So people didn't know it was being followed. Right. Oh, gotcha. So the passengers on the ship on the Titanic or Olympus, wouldn't uh, wouldn't notice a boat out there. I right. See. So they were there. It was going to sink and they would just so happen to have a rescue ship nearby to get everybody off of it so they could get their insurance money. Now, one other thing that like people really hold on to uh, in this conspiracy is because according to some people, not a single piece of the Titanic that has been recovered contains the ship's number, which is 401. Um, so they claim that there's never been a single shred of, uh, the Titanic that they found that actually has a sim uh, ship's number, uh, printed on it or anything, which leads them to believe that it could be the Olympic, which would obviously have, I think it was like 401 or I'm sorry, four, 400 or 402 or something like that. Because it was not the, the, Tit uh, 401 would have been the second boat, correct? No. 400 would have been the first. Yes, correct. So okay. the Olympic would have 400. The Titanic should have had 401. But they've never found actually a shred of evidence actually proving that it was for sure the Titanic that sank. Ah, I see. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, I've also... What's that? Allegedly. 
allegedly, of course. <laughs> so I've also heard that there was some photographs taken the day of the departure of the Titanic. And there's some people who claim that the picture in the or the boat in the photographs is actually that of not the Titanic, but like you said, the Olympic. So, I mean, I could see him doing it. I mean, I should have looked up like how much of an insurance payout they got from the Titanic sinking, or maybe they didn't get anything because if they deemed it to be an iceberg, I, I don't know if you get an insurance payout for that. Well, also, you got to think there were a ton of rich people who died on that boat. Imagine all of the suing that happened after that. I mean, it's crazy to think that, like, they would have gotten away Scott clean. Like, you know. Yeah. They would have, like, nowadays, they would have been sued so bad they'd have had to just foreclose, like, instantly. I should have looked up if, like, White Star Line or whatever actually did go out of business. I'm pretty sure the Mercantile Marines are still around, but... uh... I don't know about White Starliner. Yeah, you would think that the the whole sinking of the Titanic would just put a stain on the name. Like, nowadays it's pretty common to have, like, oh, yeah, like a Delta fell out of the sky. Or, uh, you know, U.S. Airways or whatever. Yeah. But back then, that was such a huge story. And White Starline was in every single newspaper. Like, it would become associated with a sink ship, like a ship sinking. So... But I mean, there could be the thing, too, that I mean, yes, it was technically believed to be an unsinkable ship. But on the same end, hitting an iceberg's kind of like just uh, unlucky, I guess. You know, it's just like it's not really anybody's fault necessarily. Yeah, that's true. Um, so. I have heard that there were conditions that made it so that have you ever seen like I know you haven't really been out in the desert that much. Have you ever seen it on a really hot day when it looks like there's water on the ground, even though there's no water on the ground? It's a mirage. Yeah. So that's because the sky, the ground is warmer than – I'm trying to get this right. The ground is warmer than the sky. So the sky is reflecting off of the ground, which makes it look like there's water there, right? Wow. So the opposite happens when the – sky is warmer than the water so the water was so cold in that situation you're talking about yeah it was actually um the the air was warmer than the water so it made like the opposite effect where it looked like the sea was rising up so that's why they couldn't see the iceberg the iceberg okay there was a an, a reverse mirage okay. i have heard about that they huh. think it might have actually been like that huh interesting well, I figured you were going to say because they departed from Ireland, everybody was probably drunk and they probably weren't paying attention. Oh, yeah. Well, I assume there was a, <laughs> like a level of alcohol, you know, consumed. But <laughs> I heard when the ship cracked open, potatoes just spilled out everywhere. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> it's a little Irish pinata. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll go to the last conspiracy here. Um, and this one is basically that JP Morgan was behind the entire thing. Now, essentially what this is, is JP Morgan was the owner of International Mercantile Marines, as we've said several times, and he wanted to set up the ship's destruction simply so it would pave the way for the Federal Reserve Bank in the United States. Now... The reason people believe this is because on board the ship 
were three men who were strongly opposed to the Federal Reserve Bank's creation. Uh, millionaire John Jacob Astor, mining magnet, I think it's magnet, mining magnet Benjamin Guggenheim, and Macy's co-owner co uh, Isidore uh, Strauss. Strauss. Um, basically, what really gets people thinking, too, is literally right before the ship was set to depart, keep in mind J.P. Morgan on board the ship had personally designed special quarters uh, just for himself. It included basically his personal suite, his personal promenade deck, and a specially designed bath on the ship just for him. Now, hmm. right when the Titanic was set to take off, J.P. Morgan just decided, uh, I'm not boarding it, out of nowhere. And the reason he gave for not boarding this modern fucking marvel of a ship that he, you know, basically is should be his prize or whatever, um, he needed to purchase uh, tapestries from a local art collection. That was his reason for not boarding the ship. Like, as if J.P. Morgan doesn't have little minions to do that for. Exactly, right? So... Oh, oh, I can't get on that ship. I have to go to the store. Like, really? <laughs> <pick up> salami. <laughs> like, really? Who does that? Why would yeah. he ever do that? He's like one That's of the... That's a little fishy. You would think that the maiden voyage across the Atlantic, he would definitely be on it. Right? I mean, I... That's what I don't get. Like, why... Why did he do that? Like, obviously in America, we know him very well because I'm pretty sure there's a financial company literally called J.P. Morgan right now, right? Yeah, there is. They've been, uh, they've been, I think they were bought out by Chase, but it's J.P. Morgan Chase now. But, yeah. or they bought Chase. I'm not really sure exactly. It was the whole recession deal. But yeah, definitely J.P. Morgan is the one who actually bought Carnegie Steel from Carnegie and renamed it, uh, what is it? United States Steel Company or something like that. He was actually extremely wealthy. He was he made Carnegie the most wealthy man on earth. But before Carnegie had that money, J.P. Morgan had most of that money. So yeah, like, can you imagine if he would have died in this? Like, I wonder how much that would have hurt his mythos. You know, he's obviously one of the guys we always think about, kind of in that early America, just. Gazillion fucking air. Oh yeah, I mean the amount of wealth you know translated to nowadays money is staggering still. But yeah, that would have actually. It's weird because I can't think about like I. I'm not exactly sure how J.P. Morgan died. Like if he just died of old age, most likely. Yeah, I'm pretty but sure. Could he you did. imagine if he would have died on that ship? Like it would have been his death would have become even more famous because it'd be associated with panic. I know that. I, it's just. It's just, I mean, you know, there's the story of, like, uh, Seth MacFarlane decided not to board the plane uh, on 9-11 or whatever. You know, I mean, maybe it's just strictly a coincidence, um, but it just seems really weird. And especially, like, how many conspiracies have we talked about that are linked to the Federal Reserve Bank? Like, I think JFK is one of the biggest examples of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely. Like, like it makes you it really makes you wonder because um it seems like the Federal Reserve Bank is responsible for a lot of people's assassinations, deaths, whatever you want to call it. So um it'd be pretty hard, really, if you really think about it, for how would he pay or like how would he you know 
make the ship fucking uh, sink or whatever, maybe... If you're real deep in conspiracy, what if J.P. Morgan hired the German government to attack it? Uh, you know, I who knows? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he had. I mean, this is all speculation, but he had to have money spread around all over the modern world. Like oh, the yeah. superpowers. So, yeah, I mean, he could have influence in the German Navy at that time. But yeah, it's just that I think that one is just those last three kind of got my you know, my head scratching a little bit. I, I'm sure, uh, what do they call them? Occam's razor. You know, what seems the most logical usually is, um, that it was just a, uh, an iceberg. What do you think if we found out all these years later that it was actually like somebody else's fault for the Titanic sinking, what do you think that would do for the world? Um, I think back then it would have caused like definite hell raising, all like for the people who are, you know, at fault for it. Problem is now been a hundred and seven, hundred and eight years, however long. So there's not really a ton of change that's going to come from it. But I will say that, I mean, there's a lot of if the company that is still around that did the fuckery, like they might feel some heat from it. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I feel like it would uh just lessen people's trust with extremely wealthy people even more. Jeez, how can you go down even further from that? <laughs> I would just wait for the day when Bezos uh, makes three uh, ocean liners, and if one of them sinks, we'll be we'll be keeping an eye on you, Mister Bezos. Yeah, he's got the head of Google, the head of Facebook, and the head of fucking uh, God. What's that other big fucking whatever? <laughs> Some other know. big fucking company. I, I was trying to think. <laughs> Another big company, but I can't think. I think everyone's gotten bought out pretty much by those. <laughs> he puts his three biggest competitors on that boat, and then it fucking sinks. Uh, you could have probably tossed in Microsoft, huh? Oh, what's that fucker's name? Tesla, the guy who runs Tesla. Ah, yeah. Uh, if if Amazon makes a spaceship and puts he puts all three of those fucking CEOs up there, then you'll know. Apple, fucking uh, Tesla dude, and goddamn uh, Facebook. Yeah. I don't know why I can't remember the Facebook guy's name now. He's got a very punchable face and all that. Uh, Oh, the Android. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Did you did you see the new like I think it's a Space Force logo. I I saw it on like social media or whatever. I don't know. People are just fucking around. But I think it looks like the uh, the whatever the badge is from goddamn Star Trek. Yeah, it does look like the badge from Star Trek. (laughs) The thing is that the um, like the division of the Air Force that has been handling like this, you know, the space duties. Yeah. For years and years now has basically had that same badge. So it's it's pretty it's an old concept, just kind of like redesigned. Ah, um, OK. But if the weird thing is like the whole Space Force, the new logo said Department of the Air Force on bottom and then it was Space Force on top. So hmm. I don't know if just the the whatever the air force was doing just got renamed to the space force and that's like the cheapest way they can actually pull this off but so if you if you were still in the air force is there any possibility you could get involved with space force phil well no because i don't (laughs) i'm not really i wasn't really a part of that whole unless i cross-trained into like the uh the what they do with like when they launch satellites in the air when the air force does yeah 
there's that there's the the missile ranges um there's like the uh like the minuteman missiles that's part of the like global command um, so you so you couldn't be up there like fighting aliens no i i don't think we'd be up there fighting <laughs> aliens i was kind of hoping that was kind of like the grand plan of the space force they're gonna be like starship troopers yeah we're going up against arachnid be pretty sweet <laughs> all right phil so uh do any of these at all kind of uh tickle your fancy any of these conspiracies or you think it was just just an iceberg that's all it was well i mean obviously the icebergs occam's razors you know most likely fucking thing that could happen uh what you were talking about jp morgan actually i hadn't really heard much about that conspiracy but when you like started talking about some of the shit like how he was supposed to be on the boat and you know how his biggest competitors kind of were on the boat who wanted to get the financial reserve like started up that kind of makes a lot of sense i do believe that um it is possible the titanic and the olympic could have been switched because i have heard that before so out of anything i would give uh insurance fraud probably five <laughs> percent yeah i know it's just it's just i don't know it's just it makes you think for a minute but I think in the conspiracy world, you can basically make a straw man argument for just about anything and make it sound oh, convincing. That's why, you know, you have like some of the most famous conspiracy theorists because they've literally convinced themselves they believe this. So it makes it sound more convincing. Oh, yeah. And I mean, a lot of them just want something fun to believe in, too. So <laughs> maybe they maybe they don't really believe it, but it's kind of like organized religion. Like no one really believes any of that <laughs> crap. You know, they're just doing it for their parents or, That's you know, true. making them feel better. I could say some of the conspiracy theorists uh, back to that. They they might not believe it themselves, but they definitely believe in the uh, paycheck that it's getting them. Oh, yeah, definitely. A lot of those YouTubers, the the people who make those videos a lot of those people get pretty decent fucking money for yeah. those really crappy fucking documentaries they put together. Even though they have to endure so many trolls attacking them constantly, they're still probably enjoying a uh, healthy amount of money. Oh, yeah. Just turn the fucking comments off. You're fine. <laughs> it's all good. All right. Well, Phil, if anybody wants to tell us if they believe any of these Titanic conspiracies, where can they do that? They can hit us up on our email, subliminald podcast at gmail.com uh we've actually gotten quite a few uh well we gotten a couple emails in the past month but we've gotten a lot more followers on podbean i was gonna say thanks to everybody who started following us on there i didn't even realize people listen to podbean but uh we also have an instagram subliminal deception podcast it's on ig um you know it's the best way actually to get a hold of us um we get quite a few good responses and likes from that so thank you very much we also have a our own Instagram accounts. Mine's sdpodphil. Uh, I almost never check it, and I barely ever post to it. Cody, you have a few? Yeah, you can follow my personal Instagram at Cody Zabub. Uh You can follow my other podcast at Bumblebub Podcast uh, if you're into true crime and all that stuff. Uh, the last thing I need to do is to log on to iTunes, leave the show a five-star review if you can. Uh, it helps us out greatly. We greatly appreciate it. It doesn't matter what you say. Although, I was just going to say this, Phil, uh, about people listening in Podbean, if they do, uh, the Spotify takeover is upon us. So, And Spotify works so much better than iTunes, so 
use that instead of iTunes if you haven't. I promise you it's better. But uh, Oh, in- definitely. <laughs> yep, I use that too. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, otherwise, we're going to see you next week. All right. Thanks, guys.